Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to the very, very first AFC Wembley podcast. I am your host, Tejan Hutton. We have a very, very special guest, um, somebody that I hold dear to myself, a very, very close friend, um, somebody that I've known since I was since I was a teenager playing football, um, and he's also the chairman of AFC Wembley Football Club. We have MJ. Welcome, sir. Thank you. How you doing? Good, 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 good. Um, so this is something new that we're trying. Um, we're trying to give people an insight on 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 the grassroots world from our perspective, from from close friends' perspectives, from neighbouring clubs' perspectives. Um, just to give um, viewers an insight on 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 how things are in terms of producing football and talent for the future. Um, but just give us a bit of a background about yourself in terms of, of um, just your coaching and your interest. Actually, the first thing that I wanted to know was um, at what age did you decide that I'm going to start developing young footballers? Uh, that was an easy one. Um, usual sort of sub-story for me uh, in terms of as a, as a player, as a football player. Um, I sort of Got quite a bad injury when I was about 17 years old. I ruptured my tendon in my foot. Not that I was going to be a great player or so play any sort of level. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I had a really bad injury and that kept me out for quite a long time. I was uh, on crutches for three months and wow. then um, didn't sort of physically get back to playing for about another year. Um, and then in that time, uh, I don't know, you know, I, I just sort of lost the love for playing the game mm, yeah. uh, and then sort of came back into it uh, obviously a year down the line and I just did not enjoy playing football anymore and wow. it was a really really sort of, sort of sad sort of position sad situation to be in uh, and then um, just on the off chance while I was at uh, university uh, I started doing some coaching while I was out there uh, and caught the bug for it wow. and the rest is history and you know that sort of filled the, the void uh, that love that I lost for the game and yeah, yeah. in fact you know I got even more and I get even more enjoyment and more love from coaching than I ever did as a player right. so that's where it started for me why do you because we, we hear that story all too often especially when you get to the when players get to around the 15 16 year old mark mm. aside from like the the um the pressures of life you start getting you start your hormones start raging and mm-hmm. you start you get your national insurance card so you can start earning money and stuff and so that that love for football generally fades away around that age group but with you coming back from an injury and you just gen- genuinely didn't like it anymore mm-hmm. um do you feel that the injury was the sole contributor to losing that love I, I don't think so um i think it would have just followed the sort of natural progression that it does for a lot of teenagers yeah. um whether I got injured or not, I think the injury just uh, sped up that process. Mm. Um, because obviously, uh, I knew myself, obviously, my limitations as a footballer, and I was never going to be the best footballer. Um, uh, and like, obviously, every other teenager, I had aspirations to play you know, at the highest level and all those sort of things. But I came to that realisation pretty soon that I was never going to be good enough. Mm. Um, which I think is quite a problem at the moment in that there are too many kids out there who just don't have that realisation. There are too many parents out there who just don't have that realisation. Mm. But I came to that conclusion very, very early on. Um, um, so because of that, 
the 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 sort of the driving uh, or the main driver for me uh, was dwindling anyway. Okay. Because obviously the main okay. purpose and the main driver for me at that time was I want to be a professional footballer yeah, at one stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I realised that I wasn't going to be good enough to do that, and that drive that main purpose and that main drive was gone, mm-hmm. that's when the love started to dwindle. Um, and then, like I said, the injury just sped up that process mm, even even quicker. Mm, mm. Um, so no, I don't think it was purely down to the injury. I was I would have, I think I would have fallen out of love with it um, anyway. Okay. Uh, but the one thing that the injury did do was uh, introduce me to the coaching side of things because yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. know if I would have ever got into the coaching if, if I never got. Do you know what I mean? Got you. Got you. Got so you, you know, they, obviously, as they always say, you know, you can always make a positive out, never get. Yeah. Uh, and that's and that was the case in that situation. Okay, I got you. Mm. So it's, yeah. Okay, so you're starting to take coaching a bit more seriously. All right, for those who don't know, um, AFC Wembley wasn't always AFC Wembley as per se, and from a branding aspect, um, we all, as a as the family of AFC Wembley, we all started coming together um, roughly 2003, 2004 at one of our neighbouring clubs, but we were the youth section uh, at, at one of, um, the club we was at at that time. Um absolutely stole the spotlight in terms of a, a youth development you couldn't get any better in terms of our area and that was obviously through down through the coaching um who the, the coaches at the time um ended up being part of the management or the co-founders of AFC Wembley itself um but we we had built that relationship prior to starting the AFC Wembley brand now we're coming up to the 10-year anniversary of AFC Wembley itself what were some of the this time, 10 years ago, you was in the planning process. Mm-hmm. Um, what were some of the obstacles you faced when um, in the beginning stages of the club? Not more so, not even just as a new club, because every new club faces um, obstacles and, 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 um, and hurdles that they need to try and try and jump over in the beginning stages, as does any um, organisation that within their first two years. But more so, when your management is completely full of ethnic males mm-hmm. which adds another hurdle believe it or not um, some people might be oblivious to that fact but when there's a there's a very, very there's very few um, black males in managerial positions within football whether it be grassroots or professional or wherever but what were some of the hurdles you faced as a new club and also as a club that was managed purely by people of ethnic backgrounds um, well first and foremost the challenge of just starting a club uh, in itself regardless um, was always going to be difficult especially as none of us who originally started the club um, had ever sort of been in a position like that yeah Um, so we were sort of going into the unknown Uh, we weren't quite sure how it would pan out Mm -hmm. we 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 weren't sure um, you know whether we were going to be able to do it anyway Um, but it just so happened that uh, at that at that early time, we had four people around the table. Mm-hmm. Um, myself, uh, uh, God rest his soul, Trevor Hutton, mm-hmm. um, Abdi Farah, mm-hmm. uh, and Raul Gamakasa, mm-hmm. who were sort of four coaches at the other club yeah. at the time. Um, and you had four people there who had a real passion and a real want to make something positive happen for mm-hmm. the young people in this area. Uh, and when you've got four people who've got that passion, who are selfless, who've got 
uh, no agenda other than to provide for you know something positive yeah, for the young people yeah, in the area. Yeah. Um, that sort of made the whole process a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. You weren't a lone soldier going at it on your own and, yes. and, and, and trying to obviously f- sort of fight a million different battles. You had four people to With help the you fight those battles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that 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 made that made it possible. Mm-hmm. And I don't think if we uh, I don't think if we didn't have that. That, that group of people around the table, yeah. AFC Wembley would have come to fruition. Mm, mm. There might have been a club of some capacity, some capacity yeah, but not that would have, that would have, yeah, that would have developed yeah, yeah. had any one of us decided to do it on their own mm. or whatever it might be. Um, but the fact that you had, like I said, four really good, strong characters mm, who had, mm. like I said, nothing but total commitment and passion and uh, a purpose to provide for young people in this area... If we didn't have that, we would have never got to where we were. And even more so, you individually had the respect of the young people and the parents prior to you coming together anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, when it came to you announcing or, or trying to recruit for players or, or extra coaches, mm-hmm. that respect factor was already there for mm-hmm. you as individuals. Yep. So coming together was more or less like a powerhouse. Yeah, yep. no, without a doubt, without a doubt. And it, and it just made it a lot easier. But going back to your question about what were the challenges, yeah. um, uh, you know, it's... It's, it's very sort of difficult to sort of um, put it into words, um, but generally uh, I don't think there were people in the wider football community in the area at the time, possibly, mm-hmm. um, uh, who, who wanted us to uh, actually succeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and at the time, obviously... Uh, <laughs> It's, it's sort of very difficult to sort of say uh, it was any one particular individual or any one particular group of people, mm. but which is we got the vibe uh, that there was apprehension yeah. as to the, 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 the you know the, the, the club actually growing and succeeding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there was that challenge um, trying to uh, overcome those people's mm, mm. Uh, sort of want and desire for us not to succeed yeah, yeah, whatever yeah, the reasons yeah. might be were they blatant uh, or was it undertone uh, it was very undertone okay. uh, uh, I, don't, I don't think there was anything sort of in your face where you know we were ever told oh you know we don't want you to succeed yeah, we don't yeah. want you, you know I mean obviously your club to to, uh, to flourish mm. um, but you know we were clever people we read between the lines we knew we knew what mm-hmm. you know what, 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 what the reality was um, so that was one um, uh, and I'd say uh, another was uh, uniting our community at uh, at the time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, I'm from a Somali background. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, one of our other colleagues was also from a Somali background. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had two other guys, uh, the two two other co-founders who were from obviously Caribbean background. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the fact that we were such close friends and 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 there, and there was no real Animosity, or, animosity. Well, yeah. not even animosity, but there was no real. Uh, we didn't even look at it as, mm. as that, you know, Caribbean Somali, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Um, we we all just looked at ourselves as mm-hmm. coaches, coaches, yeah, and 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 people that you know obviously wanted to yeah. provide for their community. Um, but I don't think that was the case in the in the wider context. Yeah. So that was that was quite a challenge to overcome, mm-hmm. and um, you know, sort of get people to to understand and embrace and. Recognise that you know at the end of the day we're one and the same. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So that in itself was a challenge and one that we didn't expect. Um, so that was probably the most, I would say, uh, 
surprising sort of situation that we come across. And it's funny you say that because it's in the area that we that we provide our services in in Northwest London. It's predominantly made up of of Caribbean or Somali backgrounds, mm-hmm. but I think that 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 um, lack of um, what's the word understanding probably. understanding mm-hmm. and inclusion of each other in terms of like projects and stuff like that hadn't been done previously mm-hmm. because it just we didn't it, it wasn't a reason to mm-hmm. um, prior to I say probably um, ACVMD and other organisations at that time who were establishing themselves, but also just a lack of understanding of each other's cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's an extension of just not even as a football club, but as the area in in general, yep. where you have that segregation of mm-hmm. okay, this area is the 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 Caribbean section, and that area is the Nigerian section, mm-hmm. and that area is the Ghanaian, and that's the Somalian. Mm-hmm. That segregation is there, but Northwest London is so small, mm-hmm. so we're all in each other's faces anyway. Yep. So it's like you literally broke a barrier of something that was an extension of the community anyway. Mm-hmm. No, definitely, and uh, and like I said, it was the most surprising challenge and the most probably difficult challenge that we faced. Mm. Um, but in reality, it was the easiest one to break down. Wow! Um, because ultimately, uh, like I said, we were we uh, we all had white in the wider context similar uh, issues, yeah, and problems, yeah, 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 um, yeah. Uh, uh, and there was a lot of common ground there. Yeah. You know, despite being two complete or completely different cultures mm, mm. there was a lot of commonality in in, in 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 the way things were in the community yeah. uh, so that made the transition of being able to obviously um, make it a lot more inclusive from that perspective mm-hmm. a lot easier um, so although that was the most difficult uh, in terms of understanding uh, uh, sort of problem that we had and the most surprising problem that we had it was probably the easiest one to mm, break down mm, mm. Uh, and when like I said when you have people around the table who sort of didn't see it through those eyes anyway, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't an issue. Mm-hmm. Or it, it became uh, less of an issue uh, very, very, very quickly. Um, uh, and, yeah, and then from there, obviously, we, you know, we, we've obviously grown to probably being one of the most inclusive clubs with, you know, boys and what have you from all sorts of different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I can't say that I've done the research to say exactly, you know, how many different cultures, mm-hmm. wherever it might be, but if if we if we have less than you know uh, thirty or forty different sort of ethnicities and backgrounds and religions and languages, mm-hmm. I would be very surprised. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I don't know of many other clubs who can boast that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So with yeah, so like I said, I think you know you know that that was that was an easy barrier to sort of come to overcome and. Uh, and over the years, we've become even more inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, just, you know, thinking, that, you know, one of the teams that we've got here, in one team alone, we've got, you know, people from a Ghanaian background, mm-hmm. from a Caribbean background, from a Jamaican background, mm-hmm. from a Somali background, from a Polish background, mm-hmm. from an Albanian background, Sudanese, English, um, Irish... Mm-hmm. You know, all in one team. It's yeah, it's amazing yeah, yeah. to see that you've got you know literally ten different flags yeah, under yeah, play yeah, under one yeah, team. It's yeah, yeah. it's it's beautiful thing to see. Um, so I'm 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 that, that that's one of the most uh, proudest things I think that we've we've managed to achieve mm-hmm. as a club. Um, and like I said, I don't think there are many other clubs uh, who can who can boast that diversity and that in, that includes that inclusiveness. Yeah. Well, with with that being said, in terms of just the the variation of backgrounds whether it be race or 
or religion or whatever. We have roughly um, over 12 registered teams. That's not including the, the, the senior team. So it's mm. about youth. Um, and you've been doing this for well over a decade. Um, in terms of the area that we live in, were some of the um, most, I'd say, what's were some of the most extreme um, cases you've dealt with? And, mm. and how did you come about um, overcoming or helping that young person deal with that situation? In terms of an individual? An individual, yeah. Um, yeah, now we've had, you know, lots of cases where um, kids have had issues, because obviously purely because of the area that, we, yeah. that, we, that, we, that we're based in and, and, and the kids that we cater for. Um, and, it's, and it's a real shame that we, that we have to deal with these situations and, and it's hard work um, in not only being a coach, but having to be... Uh, a surrogate parent, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. a mentor, a social worker, yeah. um, and the same can be said for every other club up and down the country. Mm. Um, but I'd say even even more so um, with us in particular, uh, purely because of the the negative uh, sort of uh, how can I put it the the sort of negative images mm-hmm. uh, and and the stereotypes that. That young people from our on our sort of area, yeah, our sort of, yeah that that they carry and they yeah. have. Um, uh, so we've we've had uh, young guys obviously who get up in this who get caught up in this whole gang culture. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we have young guys obviously who come um, sort of from from broken homes, mm-hmm. um, and you know might not necessarily have that uh, that support. Um, you know, uh, and 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 it's and it's challenging and it's difficult, um, but from from those difficulties and those challenges, you know, there are there are examples where young people sort of overcome that and shine. And you know, there's one particular young person who uh, comes from one of those difficult back, you know, I mean, sort of backgrounds mm-hmm. and those families. Um, uh, so much so that at times we were worried for you know his his welfare in mm-hmm. that you know we didn't think that he would. He was actually, you know, getting sort of meals at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were times when, you know, we'd be asking him the question um, and he was quite a humble kid and, you know, so would never sort of let one thing or another. So we were going out there, you know, sort of after training or after games, mm-hmm. you know, sort of taking him and getting some food mm-hmm. uh, purely because we, we didn't believe that he was he was getting that support yeah, at home. Yeah. And, it, and, it's, and it's quite hard because obviously you don't want to... Um, you know, you don't want to create a situation where a young, per- young person is removed from, from his family yeah. and, and, and that network. But if he's not getting that support and the basic needs that, yeah. he, that, he, that, that as a child you, that he needs, it's, it's very difficult. So, you know, we had to obviously um, liaise with the mum and, and sort of come to some, some sort of arrangement to, to make sure that he was getting that support. Yeah. Uh, and then that young person not only has, has, has thrived and, has, and, and what have you, but he, he went on to play for a professional club. Mm, mm. Um, so to go from the, the negative situation he was in to, to where he was, was probably the one case where I say that, that you know, um, our, our sort of intervention and our support yeah. uh, sort of helped that process along. And, 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 and he's now thriving yeah, and he's got that, yeah. he's got that support. And, uh, and, and, and I don't think he will ever forget 
um, obviously uh, the the support that he was given by the guys from AFC Wembley. Do you feel that that football could be the cure for situations like that by itself, mm-hmm. or do you sometimes? You know, sometimes you might be stressing about just life in general. And for me personally, as soon as I step on the pitch um, to play in any type of form, whether it be 11 aside or 5 aside, as soon as I get into that game mindset, every stress, is, every stress that I had has been temporarily whacked away. Mm-hmm. And I just you get into your zone and you just play. What's the final whistle blows? Okay, mm-hmm. the stress gradually comes back because you start to go yeah. back to reality. Yeah. But do you think that that aspect of the fo- of football itself mm-hmm. being the cure for situations like that by itself, or do you feel like it's a combination of the football as well as the intervention of the coaches or the managerial positions, people like clubs and? No, no, it? I, I, it, it, it's, a, it's a combination of a number of things, and um, and and the, the, the football definitely hundred yeah. percent plays a massive part in it because it's it's that short period where a young person uh, just has that an hour or 90 minutes or whatever it might be mm. of escapism yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and that could be said for any scenario mm-hmm. so kids that are going through the stresses of exams mm-hmm. um, and that's one thing that I'm always battling with parents about you know uh, when, when they turn around and say oh he's got exams this week and you know he can't come training and yeah, he can't come, yeah, he can't come yeah. to the games and all those sort of things and you know trying to educate them to get them to understand he's having enough stress as it is mm-hmm. him having that hour of, of football it's a necessity. It's that, it's that one hour in the week where he he's not worried yeah, and he's not right. stressed. That's right. So let him yeah. let him do it. Um, so you know, like I said, there's there's many scenarios and many situations um, where it's that, and especially obviously in those extreme circumstances where mm-hmm. where those wider issues in society, um, you know, that, that 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 we all too often see. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, like I said, it can be it can be that one that one that one area of escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it's not football for for the young people that's with us, it could be for whatever sport in whatever context um, uh, a young person's sort of in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whether it be with his basketball club or mm-hmm. net, you know a girls' netball club or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. that 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 short period. Um, I think is 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 crucial to alleviate some, yeah, of those, some of those yeah. issues and some of those problems. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's it's it works by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, for one, I think the young person themselves um, has to want a change mm-hmm. um, because I think if if they don't want the change, then it won't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then, like I said, you know, it's it's that that social worker status that you have as a coach mm, mm. where you've got to be brave mm. um, in recognising obviously where there's an issue where there's a problem and and, 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 and actually stepping in mm-hmm. uh, and doing your little bit where you can try and uh, stop it from escalating yeah. or getting worse or actually you know trying to do something about it yeah, yeah. and I think that's the, that's, that's the challenge mm. obviously um, is, the, is, is being brave enough to then be able to do something about it without taking something out of context yeah. uh, and I think that's the balancing act that you have to play because yeah. a lot of the times you know people jump to conclusions um, and they make a man on a molehill as they say mm-hmm. um, but I think there are those scenarios and those situations where you've got to recognise okay there's a problem here mm-hmm. um, and I'm actually in the position to be able to do something about it yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah now football definitely plays a part but I don't think it's it's, on, it's right. by itself so, okay. no. mm. so as as you're saying, you you more or less you act as a social worker, um, in the midst of your coaching, um, but unfortunately, as in, as with any workforce, whether it be um coaches or teaching or or um the police, you've got um a, 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 I say a minority section mm. who who don't do what the people expect, mm-hmm. so they're very minimal, very to the book, mm. um, 
So then you have some coaches who just keep it to the football yeah. and don't really um, give any attention to the kids' um, personal life mm-hmm. and their personal development. Mm-hmm. But um, as a coach who acts as a coach, a social worker, a bigger brother, or uncle, you coach some kids who's the same age as your, as your daughters, mm-hmm. so you're acting as a father figure. Um, people tend to, because you're you've got that 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 those various roles. People, I say, um, become desensitized to the fact that you're actually a husband, mm. you're a dad, mm. you've got a full time job. Mm. So you're doing this all because of your genuine love and development of young people, mm-hmm. but it's voluntary. Mm-hmm. And so you have a, a life to live from Monday to Friday. Yeah. Even sometimes during the week, you're coming home and you're stressing about some of the things that to do with the club that you should be dealing with over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so as um, as just a genuine man, a dad and a husband dealing with these extra issues that you're taking on voluntarily, mm-hmm. do you feel like the support ne- mechanism is there for the club to make your life easier? Or have your experiences shown that these people are making your life harder? Mm. Um, at AFC Wembley? Yeah. No. Uh, we, we've got such a, 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 you know, a fantastic group of people around us mm-hmm. uh, in, our, in our management committee. So I'm talking about in terms of um, external. Oh, not external with, not, support. Yeah, yeah, not internal okay. support. Because you know the internal support yeah. already. No, 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 the internal support, unit. forget about it. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you, know, we can't, you know, we can't ask any more of yeah. what, what the guys do um, internally. But um, externally, uh, yeah, I, I, it's very difficult because at the end of the day, um, it's no one's responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if if there was, uh, you know, a, you know, a, I don't know whether it be a team in the council or the local FA mm-hmm. or, you know, um, a community organisation, whatever it might be, whose remit was, you know, you're there to support these grassroots clubs mm-hmm. in these areas, mm-hmm. then you've got that go-to mm-hmm. place. Uh, but there isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's very difficult to turn around and say there should be support. Uh, not not saying, sorry, it's easy to turn around and say there should be support. Mm-hmm. And uh, and in my opinion, there should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's who's going to take that responsibility on? Mm-hmm. Especially, especially when the grassroots football f- sort of family mm-hmm. in itself is just a... A small part of, yeah, of yeah, the wider yeah, community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there are statutory teams, obviously, in the council who who sort of deal with all of these, uh, a lot of these sort of hardcore issues. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and obviously, where the where, where the situations are quite extreme, you can always obviously revert to those. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more uh, sort of subtle problems and issues um, that you're having to deal with. Uh, on a daily basis, mm-hmm. there really isn't that support out there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, you know, I don't want to be the one to turn around and say, oh, it should be that person or this group of people's responsibility mm-hmm. or that person, you know, because that's mm-hmm. not my place to say. Um, um, but in saying that, I, I, I think, yeah, if 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 there was that, that sort of shoulder to lean on uh, where you weren't having to sort of uh, take take this stuff with you home and wherever else, um, and, and you can, you know... There was somebody that you could sort of pick the phone up yeah, to and, and yeah, ask yeah, a question. Yeah. Look, you know, I'm having this issue. Can you help? You know, yeah. what I mean, is it all right if I refer them to you? Then, yeah, that, that would be ideal because at the end of the day, um, I, 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 I put obviously uh, and the, and the guys obviously around us at AFC Wembley 
do what they do because yeah. of the like I said their genuine love mm-hmm. for what they mm-hmm. do. Um, but um, you know, my family would argue that I I do too much, and mm-hmm. I'm sure every other family mm-hmm. member of AFC Wembley would 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 sort of argue the same. But if we don't, who will? Yeah, and and that's yeah. ultimately the question. And like I said, I, my my purpose has always been for the young people uh, and for the kids that we work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a little bit of sacrifice from my perspective um, can sort of go a long way to helping. Yeah, that one person yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know I might be the only help that they have yeah. one of the other coaches might be the only help that they have mm, mm. Um, and if that coach doesn't go and give that mm-hmm. who will and then where will that where, or where could that young person end up mm. and, and it's just the fear of that that uh, sort of drives me to think no um, yes I'm taking this extra you know sort of work home with me or whatever it might be yeah. um, but it's the end goal it's you know it's the what ifs yeah, what could happen yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, the thought of something bad happen is what drives me mm. from continuing to obviously do these things mm. um, but yeah no you're right I think if there was if there was that wider support network and that you know sort of or, or that organisation or that person that you could lean to uh, uh, for help then it, would, it could only be it could only be useful it could only be helpful do you feel like the, the wider football community um, not even just the wider football community, the wider um, corporate world, um, in terms of like the um, the county affairs, the the councillors, um, the local businesses, the professional football clubs. Do you feel like they devalue grassroots clubs' contribution to the game of football? Um, when, when I mean contribution, I'm talking about you as individuals, um, your contribution and your the time that you've given up as well as the club as a whole, their contribution to the development of the, the sport itself? Uh, I, don't think, I don't think they devalue it. I think they, they all genuinely, all, all those people and those sort of people, all those groups of people that you named, genuinely know the value of what grassroots football offers. Mm. Uh, I would say uh, they take it for granted okay. rather than devaluing okay. it. Okay, okay. Uh, because ultimately they know that these clubs and these volunteers and these people out there are going to be doing it. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. You know, it has kid, to happen. <laughs> kids, kids are going to get coached on the weekend yeah. and weekdays or whatever else for the hour or an yeah. hour and a half or two hours. Uh, the matches are going to be played on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Those coaches are going to be doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to happen. Mm. Um, and I, uh, and I think, yeah, all too often it's been taken for granted. Okay. Okay. Uh, that it's just going to happen. Yeah. And they're going to do it. Yeah. Um, uh, and it does. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's like I said, I don't think it's that it's devalued because I think they genuinely know the value of it. Yeah, I just yeah. think it's 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 all too often taken for granted. Mm, okay. Mm. With that being said, because I always, um, I, f- I said this at the last presentation even as well, just to make the, the, the parents understand their position mm. that, that football in this country, because you know better than anybody else, it's like a conveyor belt. Mm. Little Johnny wakes up and decides that he wants to go to football his parents find a grassroots football club. That grassroots club develops that player so much to the point where a professional club wants that little Johnny. Mm-hmm. Little Johnny goes to their professional football club, um, development centre, centre of excellence, whatever you want to call it, progresses onto the academy, from the academy, under-18s, from under-18s, under-21s, under-21s, makes a professional debut. Mm-hmm. That's the conveyor belt. Mm-hmm. So it starts with little Johnny going to the local park and playing with his grassroots football club. Mm-hmm. And I always say that if parents decide to stop taking their players to the local park, eventually that conveyor belt will stop. Mm-hmm. Because then the scouts from these professional clubs won't have anywhere to get to take Fando or Johnny's from. Mm-hmm. No, I agree, 100%. With, do you feel that 
where do you with that being said because obviously the grassroots industry is changing mm-hmm. it's no longer doing it for the love of it it's coaches are getting paid now and facilities are improving in certain parts of the country mm-hmm. with that being said in terms of that convey about where do you see grassroots within the next five years um i'll go back to my point where I, um, I made just a moment ago in that it's going to happen. Mm. It's going to continue. Do you feel like the landscape of how grassroots uh, is delivered is going to alter? Uh, oh no, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, I think there will always be that 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 like I said, those group of people who will give up their time and mm. volunteer and 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 provide for the kids and and, and that sort of thing. So stick a pin in that. Do you think that's important? That aspect of doing oh, it for the massively for the love of it massively mm. massively because nothing nothing I don't think. Uh, expresses it more clearly than somebody giving up their time yeah. to do what they do. Mm-hmm. And, some, and, and, and and there's a lot of people out there that probably argue, oh, you know, but uh, the volunteer side of things means that there'll be that lack of professionalism because mm-hmm. they don't have, uh, the you know... Sufficient training. Yeah, or whatever, and all yeah. those sort of things. But a lot of the time, these are professional people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? These are, you know... Doctors, doctors firemen. Yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> Um, it's, you know, I'm not saying that every grassroots club out there and every coach out there is, you know, uh, a professional and, you mm-hmm. know, will do things the right way and all those sorts of things. But generally, um, they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I, 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 I think it's extremely crucial because, like I said, nothing expresses it more clearly, the passion and the love that you have something, mm-hmm. than you giving up your time for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Because if you're willing to give up your time for something... Mm. Um, you're not going to give up for your time for something yeah. that you don't they love and that you don't like or you don't want to do. Yeah. Um, so I think it's extremely important, and and um, you know it's 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 the, like like I said, the landscape is changing, and and there are more more coaches who are getting paid to do uh, what they do, mm-hmm. um, and not that I think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Um, that, that that's completely fine, and uh, there are especially the the, the younger coaches of this generation. At the end of the day, they might not have you know the full time job that mm-hmm, I've got, mm-hmm. uh, which means that they can maybe afford to give mm-hmm. up their time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so yeah. I completely appreciate and understand that, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't I don't think there's a problem. But at the same time, uh, I, I I genuinely think that there uh, there needs to be. Um, that continuation of of, of, of volunteers mm, uh, mm. because that that can only be a good thing mm-hmm. um, uh, and I think the, the the less people that we have doing it as volunteers mm-hmm. uh, the the quicker the landscape will change okay okay, okay. that's my own personal yeah. opinion and perspective on it whether it will materialize that way or not yeah but I, I I just think it's so important and so crucial. Um, and it's and it's. I don't think it's a coincidence that uh, there are lots of examples of clubs out there who've been in existence much longer than us, mm-hmm. um, who rely on that volunteer workforce, and have allowed their clubs to grow mm-hmm. as much as what they have mm-hmm. on the back of that volunteer workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, and nine times out of ten, you know that volunteer is going to be someone from that area. Who you know has got a real desire and a want for those kids to succeed yeah. and, and improve and get better, um, rather than you know uh, a, a coach who comes from ten miles up the road because he knows he's going to get paid twenty pound an hour to to do to do this team mm, or this session or whatever. Yeah, much, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I I I I, I think it's I think it's imperative mm-hmm. um, that 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 volunteer 
sort of ideology sort mm-hmm. of in grassroots football continues. It's important you think it'll be there in five years as as, as much as it is now. Uh, it's reduced in comparison to mm-hmm. how things used to be. Mm-hmm. But um, do you see that by 2023? 20, I, 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 fear, I fear for it. Yeah. Um, because I think the... Um, especially for the for the younger generation and the new generation, the lure of getting paid is too strong, mm-hmm. and you can't blame them. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. You can't blame them um, for taking up the option of getting paid to coach, mm-hmm. and they're not. Um, so I I, I I have a I have a real fear that you know maybe not necessarily in five years, but I think over the next sort of ten fifteen years, the idea of the volunteer coach. Um, will slowly, slowly die out. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and it will be a shame if that's the case. Um, because like I said, you know, many a club, uh, and many, you know, sort of a grassroots club that uh, are embedded in their local communities mm-hmm. um, uh, have have got to where they've got to and have developed what they how they've developed purely off the back of that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I genuinely fear for it. I think it's it's... If, if if people don't sort of uh, sort of open their eyes to it, mm-hmm. it, it's something that could creep up on us. And then, you know, all of a sudden, like I said, 10 years from now, you know, there aren't those volunteers. Yeah, 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 and then yeah, yeah. all of a sudden you might have the scenario where the coach is chase, chasing the money. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you have yeah. that coach who's developing this group of young people and then all of a sudden he'll get offered more money at another club, so he'll go there. Go there. He'll get offered more the money at another club. And, then, yeah, and, yeah. Then and, and that's obviously the scenario that, yeah. you, that you want to try and avoid. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I think that's a that's a that's a real possibility. Mm-hmm. With that being said, because obviously with with grassroots developing with time, mm-hmm. as does anything, um, I have to be biased. So I can't say <laughs> I have to be biased. Mm-hmm. Where do you see our club within the next five years? Um, if you don't ask me that question uh, at the start of the journey mm-hmm. ten years ago, uh, I would have. I don't think, uh, in in our ambition, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I would have said, yeah, we're going to have 15 teams, we're going to be thriving, we're going to have, you know, uh, lots of success, mm-hmm. we're going to have, you know, boys have moved on, mm-hmm. we're going to, you know, have our own facility, we're going to, you know, so yeah. in terms of ambition, that's mm-hmm. what I would have said. Mm-hmm. In, in reality... Um, if we were in existence, I would have been happy. Mm-hmm. Wow. So for me, yeah, and that yeah, yeah. From, from from year one when we started, if you'd have said, "Oh, what's your what's your plan for five years?" and we had a five year development plan at that mm-hmm. year, and it, and it, and like I said, it was very elaborate. Mm-hmm. We had lots of ideas and lots of plans and what we wanted to do and how we wanted to grow and progress. But in reality, and to be fair, I've I've never really told anyone mm-hmm. before uh, because I knew I'd get ridiculed by the other guys <laughs> for it. But my 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 thought process was. You know, if we're still here, mm-hmm. I will be delighted. Wow. Um, wow. Purely because I knew how difficult it would be, obviously, to, to sort of progress. And you don't know, obviously, people's feelings towards things might change. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. your, your passion for it might change. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, like I said, you just mm-hmm. never know what, the, what, what, what will materialise. Um, so that would have been at the start of the journey. Right now, um, seeing, obviously, where we've got to um, and where we're at right now, uh, I would... Uh, love for us in five years time uh, to sort of have our own facility mm-hmm. um, have uh, a hub mm-hmm. where you know it's the it's the heartbeat um, of our local area yeah, yeah. Um, uh, in terms of grassroots football mm-hmm. 
um, uh, and uh, and that we could basically just sort of branch out and grow mm-hmm. uh, from that hub mm-hmm. and, 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 and touch as obviously as many young people from, from the area as mm-hmm. possible. Um, I'd love uh, for our for our first team uh, to be uh, entirely made up mm-hmm. of AFC Wembley pl- uh, boys and players mm-hmm. who've come through the, the youth the youth, yeah. set, uh, the youth system and the youth set up yeah. and 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 for what you know might have not progressed onto other yeah, things yeah, yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. continue to live in the area yeah. and want and continue to play football and then obviously decide to play for AFC Wembley mm-hmm. that that would be. That will be the ideal scenario mm-hmm. for me, and if we can get into a scenario, a situation where five years from now, um, we've got a thriving first team with, you know, it, the majority of the players, and I, I think it's a bit ambitious saying the entire team, mm-hmm. uh, but the majority of the players having come through the youth setup of AFC Wembley, um, playing at a good standard. Um, and us having our own facility in order to expand from, yeah, that will be the ideal scenario. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So um, with that, with that being your vision, mm. if you've got um, an individual at home who's 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 like you, he's a husband, he's a he's a dad, um, he's working a full time job, but he's thinking about starting up his own football club. If you could give them one piece of advice, what would you give them? Um, my one piece of advice uh, would be uh, the success of your venture will be entirely dependent upon the people around you. Mm. Uh, if you've got good people with you uh, and around you and who are there to to help you, mm-hmm. um, it, 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 can, it can only succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, you know, yeah, just make sure you've got like-minded people who've got the same vision, ambition and, and drive as you. Um, and, and, and like we did, no doubt, no doubt you'll have that success. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm. Jay, thank you. No problem. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. No, you know, we could sit and we could talk down for hours. <laughs> it's already been 40 minutes, so it feels like 10. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. No, 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 no. It's a beautiful thing, though, wow. man. And, and yeah, no, no, I appreciate it. And thank you for obviously uh, giving us the platform to be able to obviously uh, air our views and you know and and, and talk about obviously our because I don't think we get we, we people generally have the platform to, yeah, be able to yeah, sort of yeah. ex, well expose our views mm-hmm. and, our, and our and our thoughts to the to the to the wider community with so. the with the hidden ones in the football yeah. world don't it? yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely <laughs> definitely but now we'll get there we'll get yeah there. we'll get there <laughs> um, I have to give a, a major major shout outs to um to Opie our club secretary and Darren um who's our vice chairman and Wilbur as well. You say is a man of many talents. I couldn't even put a title on what Wilbur does. So <laughs> if you guys are listening, major, major shout outs to you guys. Um whilst we're on the the subject of the club. Um going forward, um please do visit AFCWembley.com. Um we're on all social media, we're on Twitter, AFC Wembley, and um Facebook, um AFC Wembley. Um you will be able to listen to this podcast on SoundCloud and also iTunes. So please do please do stay tuned for more episodes. And um thank you guys for listening. <laughs>